We're in this series now called Real Talk. Real Talk. We've just come out of 21 days of prayer and fasting that we do, giving God the first of our year. Uh, every year as we do that as a corporate church, and what an exciting time. But when we come out of those 21 days, God began to really deal with me that as people have set aside those days and they've sacrificed and we've committed and, and we've done without food or things in our life, asking God for certain things, that this is a time for us to really focus on watching God do some of those things that we've been asking him to do in those 21 days. And, and dealing with major issues in these next seven weeks, and it's gonna be different setups up here each week, and we're gonna bring people in from the outside, people from within. You're gonna see dialogue, you're gonna see preaching, you're gonna hear teaching, you're gonna hear in so many different ways, but talking about major issues that every one of us are dealing with in our daily life. And let's go right to our text today, 1 Thessalonians 5. May the God of peace himself make you entirely pure. How many would love to see that? Entirely pure. May the God of peace himself. Not you can't do that. I can't do that. But let the God of peace make you entirely pure and devoted to God. And may your spirit, and we're going to deal with this over the next seven weeks, may your spirit that's God conscious, your soul, world conscious, and your body, the vehicle that carries the soul and the spirit, be kept continually. How many's tired of the roller coaster? Strong one week, down, up, down, emotionally, physically, spiritually. No, he says, I want all three to be kept strong and blameless until that day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back Again, what's he saying? He wants us to start a journey, and we're gonna help you in the next seven weeks, a journey that's gonna deal with our spirit, soul, and our body, that God wants to make us whole and complete, and he wants to keep us blameless and pure before him until this thing's over when Jesus comes back. How many is ready for a year like that? Amen? And so I'm gonna start this series off with this statement. Stop trying to get the world to fall in love with the you that you've never discovered yourself. Stop trying to get the world to fall in love with the you that you haven't even discovered yet. It's the you that you, you have intentions of being. It's the you that you can see. It's the you that you can dream of. You know, that, that image that you see of yourself with no hate. No bigotry, no unforgiveness, no bitterness, no shame, no guilt, no fear, no, no sexual addictions, no pornography, no destructive dependencies going on in your life. That's the you that you see yourself as being, but you've never met that person. And we're trying to get people to fall in love with that person that we're desiring to be rather than dealing with the person who we are. And how many would join the pastor of this church and raise the right hand and say, there's still some stuff going on in my world that I'm working on. And I need God to help me with and bring freedom in my life. And I want to challenge you because, listen, I grew up in church. I grew up where we shouted and we danced and we ran and, we, and it was wonderful and it felt good. But we came back next Sunday with the same stuff. But I want to be a preacher that comes up here every Sunday and brings a word that will help you understand that God wants to change your life, not help you learn to cope with it. And bring a true freedom and victory in your heart and in your life. I really want to help some of you today. You see, there's a silversmith, and what he does is he takes a block of silver, and I didn't have time to do the whole demonstration. I want to show you enough because it leads into the message, and, and the silversmith takes a block of silver, and he puts it in this furnace, and it begins to melt that silver down, 
And when that silver's completely melted, he'll start going in and he takes a small sifter. He doesn't take a big one, he takes a small sifter. And that silversmith will come to that silver as it's melting under the pressure of the heat. And everything that's impure in that silver will float to the surface. And throughout the day, he will come with that small sifter. It's not a lot, it's just a little that begins to pop up and he'll just glide across the top and remove the impurities and he'll put the sifter down. And, and then tomorrow, he's gonna come back and he's gonna just take a little bit more that's come to the surface and a little bit more. And, and he doesn't get it all in one day, but day after day after day after day, he will come with that sifter until one day he will come and there's nothing floating on the surface, but he looks inside and he sees a mirror that is a direct Im image of himself. And he knows when he sees himself without the impurities floating to the surface that that silver is pure. Can I tell you that God wants you and I, and I'm gonna take you on a journey throughout these next seven weeks, Pastor Brad and I are, and, and we're gonna bring these impurities to you, and we're gonna help let God help us float these things to the surface in our life, and day by day, God wants to come and just start, not all, it doesn't have to be all at one time, God just wants you to be honest with him, and let him begin to remove those impurities that one day, he's gonna look down at our life, and he's gonna see a perfect reflection of himself in us, and then we know we're there. We're fulfilling that scripture, spirit, soul, and body. And so I want to talk to you and start today on a simple, simple message, five daily steps to total and complete wholeness and freedom in God. How many is ready to go on that journey? All right. Proverbs. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 17. It says, an intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. And let me just break this down and be very simple. Get your notes out, get ready. First of all, if you're going to find this place of freedom and wholeness, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional. Identify the areas of your life where there's conflict. Stop coping with areas that you know go against the word of God and they're bringing destruction in your life. Be very intentional. If you walk in here on a Sunday, we're extremely intentional with every song we sing. How many notices that the words of every song we sing have a direct meaning toward God and Jesus? We don't waste songs that just make us feel good. We want, we, we're very intentional. We took out 75% of the songs we were singing three and a half years ago when God told us to really direct every service to the unchurched so that they could understand and that every song we sing glorifies him, not us. And every sermon we preach here is very intentional that God wants to deal with a specific area of our life to make us more. And you've got to become very intentional in your life if it's your marriage, if it's your health, if it's your finances, if it's the dependencies that have crept into your life. Whatever it is, you've got to become intentional with that area of your life if you're seeking change. Number two, you've got to become practical. How many's found out good intentions don't produce anything? that we've got to become very practical. Intentions never bring change, actions do. Find practical ways to implement these actions into your life every day. Make things easy, practical, and doable. And we'll explain that to you because we're gonna give you five steps to implement in each one of these points right here that's gonna make it intentional and practical for you. Number three is be consistent. The key to that silversmith wasn't that he just did it one day, 
but he went every day, several times a day. He went and scooped off the impurities to bring that silver into a place of purity. And and in mind in your life today, we're gonna have to be consistent with our journey and with these five steps that we're gonna give you. Be intentional with them. Make them practical, things that you can accomplish. Be consistent. And then number four, expect some results. Come on, somebody. How many is ready to see God do some supernatural stuff in your world this year? Come on, I'm not a cheerleader up here. God would put me in a skirt, not a suit, and put me beside a football field on Super Bowl Sunday. He didn't, and I'm not. Amen? Come on in here. How many is glad I'm not in a skirt this morning? All right? (laughs) Yeah, see? I get you to clap on that one, if nothing else. All right? But listen today, I'm not here to cheerlead you. I want you to expect God to do something powerful in your life this year. Something that didn't happen in 216 or 215. Be intentional. I'm gonna give you five steps now. Let's get ready to make them happen in your life. Jesus put it like this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Everyone look at me for one second. If you get your spiritual life in order, everything else in your house gets in order. Come on, you with me? We're over here trying to get these things and take care of these things, and we're not seeking first the kingdom. What's the kingdom of God? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, the Bible said. And God said, seek these things first, and then all this stuff that you're spending all this energy on, it'll just come with it. And I want to say this to you today, if you'll take these next seven weeks, eight weeks with me and focus intentionally, practically, and continuously expecting results that we're going to come in here and invest in our spiritual man, and we're going to watch God do some supernatural things and deliverances in our life. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Number one, very simple, and I'm just going to take you through my journey. This is what I do every day every day of my life, and I wanna challenge you to do it with me. Number one is acknowledge and give thanks to God. Before you start your day, intentionally, practically, continuously, just stop for a moment and give thanks to God. Something that we need to do every day, every day, every day. Come on, somebody, every day. I need to stop and give thanks to God, because gratitude changes everything. The psalmist put it like this. He said, I will exalt you. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day, come on, somebody, help me in here. Every day, I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. And can I tell you, before I ever get out of bed in the morning, every day, every day before I get out of my bed, I lay there and I just, when my eyes open, the first thing I do every morning is, God, I just thank you for another day. This is the day that you have made and I'm gonna rejoice and I'm gonna be glad in it. I thank you for that wife, Lord, my beautiful wife that that you've given me these 36 
I thank you, Lord, for the blessing. I thank you for my children, God. I just thank you for my four grandchildren and the joy that they bring in my life. Father, I, I thank you for my staff that you've given me, Lord, to serve in ministry with. I thank you, God, for the dream team that makes this work, this church, where every day I pray this prayer, I give thanks. I thank you, Lord, for the amazing church family that I get to pastor. I thank you for the trustees that you put around me as a minister in this church, Lord, to protect and to protect my life and my family in this church. I thank you for the four overseers that I'm accountable to every day of my life, Lord. I thank you for the health. I thank you for the joy. I thank you for the peace that's in my life, God. I just want to start this day, Lord, before I ever put my feet on the ground, making sure that you're getting the praise you deserve before I ever enter into the world and confront the situations of life. It's a great way to start your day. Giving thanks to God, the first person you talk to every day. Now, that's not my devotions. We're gonna get to that in a minute. We haven't even got there. That's just starting my day off saying, I've got another day because of you. Here's the story of a king in Africa. His best friend was always beside him, and one day they were going on a hunting trip, and so his friend loaded his gun for him, and he loaded it wrong. And when the king fired it, it backfired and it blew his thumb off. And, and this, this friend of the king had this thing going and he would always say, this is good. This is good. Every time he would do, this is good. And, and so when it blew his thumb off, he said, this is good. And the king said, no, this ain't good. This is bad. And he got mad and he threw him in prison. And a year later, the man's been in prison a year, a year later, and the king comes out and he goes hunting on his own. He goes into an area that he knew he shouldn't have been. There's cannibals there and they capture the king and they've got the king tied to a stake and, and they're getting ready to eat him and they look over and realize his thumb's gone and they were superstitious and they wouldn't eat anything that wasn't complete and so they let him go and he goes back to his kingdom and he feels bad now because his buddy's been in prison. He realized that if that thumb hadn't blown off, he'd have got eaten so he goes and lets his friend out, and he goes, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I locked you up for a year. And, and his friend said, no, this is good. This is good. And the, and the king goes, how can you keep saying this is good? He said, because if you hadn't locked me up, I'd have been with you. <laughs> Let eat me. Come on, somebody. This is the day the Lord has made. I can rejoice no matter what's going on. This is good. This is a good day. If you woke up with air in your lungs and a body that could get out of bed and clothes to put on your back and the ability to go to a job and work, this is a good day and we need to give God praise for every one of them. Number one is give thanks every day. Number two is talk to God. Talk to God. Now, I intentionally did not put pray because we've got this mystical, superstitious thing of praying that we think it's in, you, you know, we think we're praying to a king in England. Oh, thou was so lordest of goddess and the heavenest. And, and, and no, that's not what God wants. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to know you personally. He wants to have relationship with you. Prayer is simply talking and having a conversation with God. The psalmist said, praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who what? Who daily, who daily bears my burdens. Who daily, God just wants you to talk to him. 
The first thing I do is give thanks to God before I ever get out of bed, but the second thing I do is my wife and I sit down with coffee and we have our 20 to 30 minutes of talk and communication because I know I'm about to face a busy day and the most important person in my life next to God needs some of my time so that we build and continue to build a strong relationship together, and that's my wife. And that's one of our rules of fives that has to happen every day is that her and I are gonna have 20, 30 minutes that we don't sit down and try to fix people's problems. We sit down and talk life and where are we going together? What are our dreams together? We're planning 218 vacation right now. Yes, we are, because it's gonna be a good one. You know what I'm saying? And we're talking. You know what? You gotta do the same with God. God's not up there with this king up on a throne that's so far away that you gotta find him after 30 minutes of trying to do the these and thouses just right. No. No, he's a father that was waiting for you to open your eyes in the morning. He was a father that watched over your house through the night when the enemy wanted to creep in. He's a father that's given you another day to rejoice to celebrate in him. And he just wants you to wake up every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. He just wants you to wake up and talk to him a little bit. Give him some of your time. You see, prayer is my weakness leaning on his power. Did you get that? Prayer is my weakness leaning on his power, talking to him about my day, my goals, my dreams, my desires, my struggles, my conflicts, the positive, the negative, sharing with him. One of the greatest losses in my life was when I lost my father because he was my hero, but he was someone I could go to and he had wisdom beyond ability of a normal man. He wasn't a preacher. He just had common sense wisdom. And I lost him, but I still talk to him daily because I would know what he would tell me. I know what he would say. And can I tell you, it's the same way with God. God's that heavenly father that he wants to be in your life. And some of you have, don't have a positive, natural father relationship. And so you're having to get over a hurdle to have a spiritual father relationship. But God's a heavenly father that just wants to cover you, protect you, provide for you. He wants to be there for you. And he just wants you to talk to him each day. And you do that in three ways. Number one is you need a certain time. You need to commit a certain time every day to talk to God. Because how many knows if you don't commit a certain time, you won't have one? Everybody look at me for another second. Put God on your calendar. Put God on your schedule every day and keep it. How many has ever had somebody put you on their calendar and you showed up and they didn't? Mm -hmm, we're going to pray through this one right now in Jesus' name. All right. Put God every day. There needs to be a certain time. It's in your notes right there. Put a certain time on your morning, your day that you talk to God. I, I do it every day in the morning. Have a certain place. You need to have a certain place that you can get away from the hustle and bustle. I thank God as I lay in my bed every morning, but that's not my prayer time. I have places, I'm a nature guy, I'm a hunter, I'm an outdoorsman, I love nature. And so I've got four places that are by the water that are secret places that nobody's around that I know how to get to. And I go to one of them every day and I'll spend 30, 45 minutes or an hour with God and I just talk to him and I talk to him about you. 
I talked to him about my family. I talked to him about my church. I talked to him about the unsaved people in this community. I talked to him about the struggles in my life. I talked to him about the things that I haven't overcome yet in my heart. I talked to him. I talked to him as my father. And you've got to set a certain time every day, every day. Come on, say it with me. Every day, you've got to set a time that you're going to pray, but you need a place that you're going to go to and know where you're going and why. You gotta have a plan, certain plan. And today on the way in, if you did not get one, we're giving you a beautiful gift today called Pray First. It's a prayer manual that's been put together. And there's three or four different types of prayers in there that you just pray. I take this with me and I hold this when I pray. Most of my mornings, when I go down to the water, I take this book with me, it's a pattern. The disciples said, how do we pray? Jesus said, I have a plan. And he broke it down, and all of that's in here, warfare prayer, the Lord's prayer. This all in here, and it's a plan that you pray, that if you look at the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you notice the first four steps of that prayer, you had not even got to us yet. We had not got to give us this day our daily bread. The first four parts of it is I'm giving honor to him. I'm bringing the Father into my life. I want to plan a prayer. Don't just haphazardly pray. How many's done that when you went to pray and you said, man, I got so much going on in my world, I could be here for three hours and three minutes, you're going, I'm done. I done prayed for everybody I know and every missionary. Why? You didn't have a plan. But if you have a plan, so take this home and, and go through it and begin to use it and have a plan. Let me ask you this. How many of you are going to wake up tomorrow and go, okay, I know I'm supposed to go to work, but I'm not sure where. And if I get there, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. That's called unemployed. <laughs> Broke. Homeless. Yet we treat our spiritual life that way. That we wake up on Monday and go, okay, I know I'm supposed to do something. I don't know what. And if I get there, I don't have a plan. No, I've got to wake up every morning intentional with a practical plan in front of me that I'm going to consistently do and I'm going to expect results. And I'm going to wake up every day and give thanks to my God. And I'm going to wake up every day and have a certain place that I'm going to go to at a specific time in my calendar and I'm going to talk to God and let God begin to talk back to me. Come on, somebody help me in here. Because when you grow spiritually, every area of your life grows with it. Number three is we must read the word and submit ourselves to the word. Now, there's two key words there. Read, submit. Read, submit. Both are very important because, see, don't expect the word to adjust to your opinion your opinion has to adjust to the word. Thank you for those three claps. <laughs> See, don't think God's word will fit into your morality. My morality must fit to God's word. We read it at face value and we submit to it because nothing will change us if we go along with everything. It's when something speaks to me about something in my life that's not correct and I submit to that, that now change can come. 
And we've got to read the word of God. The Bible says the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. And I'm here to tell you today, you can lose houses and lands and health and all of those kind of things, but you hold on to God's word because his word is unchanging and it'll last through every storm and trial of your life. It'll walk you through the darkest valleys of your life. When you have that word in your heart, hit deep into your spirit and you read that word and go, man, that hurt. I don't even like what that says right now, but it's the word of God and I'm gonna submit to it. It'll bring change and wholeness into your life. Yes, it will. Stop trying to adjust God's word to your lifestyle that you know is destroying you and start submitting your lifestyle to God's word and it'll bring the change and the wholeness that you're so desperately seeking. Yes, it will. Joshua said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Be careful to do everything written in it. What? What happens if we do that? Then you will be prosperous and successful. When I read that word and then I submit myself to that word, God says prosperity and success now comes to me. The psalmist said, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the mockers. You need to be careful who you're letting speak into your world and into your life that goes against the word of God. Just because someone else tells you it's okay doesn't mean it's okay if it violates the word of God. Come on, somebody. And I don't care if reverence in front of their name. I don't care if it's me. If I preach something in this pulpit and you go home and the word of God says something different, please come and show me too and we'll both adjust to it. But God's word triumphs over everything. He says, but if we, we don't listen to the negative, but this person delights in the law, the word of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates day and night, but it doesn't end there. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields his fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does, he prospers. Come on, read, submit, give thanks, talk to God, read his word, submit to that word, and you're gonna enter the greatest year you've ever experienced in your life. Yes, you are. Come on, give God thanks again. Number four, I gotta go real quick. Develop and maintain healthy relationships. You become the people you hang with. Do you hear me? You become the people you hang with. One of my mentors taught me years ago, you become the books you read and the people you run with. That's what you become. Healthy relationships. Your spiritual growth is tied to people. I've had people tell me, well, pastor, all I need to get is Jesus, me and Jesus, me and Jesus. Now, Jesus gets you to heaven, but you better have some right people in your life to make it on earth. That's good preaching right there. You better have some right people around you. Hebrews put it like this. Paul said, but encourage one another daily, daily, daily. Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another daily. On the way in, there's a whole list of our new small groups. If you've not already registered in one, get in a small group. 
I don't have time to go through them all, but there's men's small group, women's small group, teen small group, young adults small group. There's small groups for man talk, woman talk, and different types of small groups for men and women to sit and talk about serious stuff of life, for teenagers to talk about serious stuff of life. There's fun small groups in here. Maybe you don't need somebody to work you through a trauma. You just need to go laugh and have some fun with somebody. They're in here, but the banana that gets separated from the bunch is gonna get peeled. You isolate yourself from the security of that small group in your life and people talking positive in your life and telling you what you need to hear, not what you wanna hear. Somebody to speak into your world. When you separate from that, the enemy's gonna peel you. He's gonna destroy you. Connect with a small group. And number five, completely surrender every area of my life to God. Every day. Every day I do that. Every day. I ask God to help me because I still got some Dan going on inside of here. Because I don't know about you, but I like being in control. My wife, when she was here, she's not. My wife was given a cruise, by the way, and she's gone. And she, she needs it. She earned it. Somebody paid and took her on a cruise. Didn't take me, but they took her. Amen. So that's why she's not here. But I'm going to tell you something. Today, you've got to commit every day of your life that you surrender every area of your life to him. And I do that every day and search my heart, oh God. Know my thoughts, I pray. If there be any wicked way in me, Lord, see it, show it to me that I can have it removed from my life so that I can now teach sinners your ways and unbelievers will be turned and, and they'll come to you, Father. But God, search my heart and, and I pray that you'll pray that prayer with me. These five steps every day, every day, every day. And if we do, God's gonna keep skimming that stuff off that's impure in our life, that, that's in the way between us and him. And I pray that after these eight weeks that God can look down out of heaven and he doesn't see the stuff. He sees a perfect impression of himself inside of us. We've let him remove this stuff, this junk. Luke said, he then said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Can I ask you today to join me in these next seven weeks? Pastor Brad's gonna be helping me preach these. We're gonna have some of you up here. We're gonna hear some of your stories. We're gonna help each other. But I've got to be willing to surrender every area of my life to God because God can't change anything that I keep. He can only change what I let go of. And I want to challenge you to join me in surrendering every area, every area of my life. God, show me. Just put a fingerprint on it, God, and I'll give it to you because I want you to own everything about me because this year I want it to be a year of wholeness and completeness in Jesus' name in my life. Come on, how many receive God's word today? How many receive it? Very simple message today. Just I'm really laying a foundation. And next week, we're going to start with these steps, these areas. And we're going to go nitty-gritty. We're going to put feet to the asphalt, man. And we're going to talk life. It's going to be raw. But we're going to let the Word of God and the Spirit of God change us, every one of us, in Jesus' name, by His Word and by His power. Bow your heads with me, please. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this amazing congregation. God, as we've just laid a, a platform to build this series on today, I pray that you would challenge every one of us, God, in these five areas that we will commit every day, every day, every day, 
and that God, we're gonna begin to see change take place in our life. We're not going to continue to live under the same burdens, the same sins, the same dependencies, the same areas destroying us, God. We're gonna hand them to you and we're gonna watch freedom take place in our life. And I pray over this house right now. If you're here right now and you're a Christian, you say, Pastor Dan, before we start this series, I want God to know right now I'm listening and I'm hearing you and there's some things in my life that I already can put a finger on that I need God to break, destroy, and remove out of my life. And I'm gonna be honest in this journey in these next seven weeks, and I'm gonna watch God bring transformation and freedom in my life. If that's you, would you lift a hand to God right now and say, I get it, God, I get it. And I commit to these five steps that I'm gonna do every day in preparing myself for the work that you're gonna do in my life in these next two months, in Jesus' name. Thank you, hands going up all over the building. Right now, separate from that, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm not a Christian yet. I don't know God right now. I know about God, but I don't know God, but I wanna know him today and I wanna commit my life completely to him today. Pray for me. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna come to you. I just wanna pray a prayer for you. If that's you, would you slip a hand up? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Wow, seven, eight, nine hands. Wow, come on. This is your day for a brand new beginning. Jesus wants to start a brand new journey with you. Anyone else before we pray? Maybe on live stream, you need Jesus. God bless you. Another hand. Pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand or you did not and you say, Jesus, I need you today and the church is gonna pray it with you so you don't feel alone. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart, you raised from the dead. I can be saved right now. I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart, you raised from the dead. I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, will you celebrate?